Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender, Season 2, Episode 1, titled The Avatar State. Okay, so I'll try to go through my thoughts on this episode relatively quickly, since I spent... 40 minutes on Friday talking about Siege of the North Part 2. But I can't make any promises because, oh my god, this episode's amazing. I love it. Like, honestly, I have not watched this episode in quite some time. I watched it again today. It is even better than I remember it. It is phenomenal. It is an absolutely amazing Quite frankly, again, if there are underrated Avatar The Last Airbender episodes that exist, this is an underrated Avatar The Last Airbender episode. It's phenomenal. Everything about it is absolutely incredible. It's such a perfect start to... (laughs) I won't spoil anything by saying this, but let's just say this season's gonna be a roller coaster ride. It is kind of insane the places they go. This is such a perfect start to said roller coaster ride. I love how this episode, for the first time in the history of this show, deeply explores the Avatar state. The power, the unlimited power, pretty much, that it provides Aang with and any of the Avatars before him. Or after him, because we will be talking about Legend of Korra in this series. I love how they show that and how other people view that, but also the immense terror that comes with said power. You see at the beginning with those dreams of Aang, like, sort of reliving these times he went into the Avatar state, uh, you see him at the Southern Air Temple, you see him at the Fire Sage place. You see him at the North Pole with the ocean koi fish thing. And he's just like looking on in terror. Like you can see he is really terrified of this unknown thing. And you have these conversations between Aang and Katara where it it is revealed that like yeah, Katara's not a fan of the Avatar state. Like, she knows it has use she knows it has use, she knows it helps a lot, she knows that it's a huge asset, but at the same time, the 
Avatar State is brought on by great sorrow, by great pain, by great anger, and she is very right in saying, just so you know, uh, watching you go through that and go into this state, yeah, that's pretty terrifying, (laughs) and it really, really is. This is a terrifying thing. It is, to a military mind, like General Fong, who we'll talk about in a minute, a weapon. But to Aang himself, to his friends, to his family, it's this unknown quantity that is just absolutely terrifying. And not only that, but we actually learn in this episode... What the hell the Avatar State is? So apparently, as Roku explains it, the Avatar State is literally just all of the Avatar's past lives flowing through the current Avatar, through Aang, in the case of this series. It is all the past Avatars giving their strength and knowledge to Aang, essentially. Basically, the Avatar State is this Voltron assembling of previous Avatars. It's like all the Avatars in one body. And he also gives a warning that the Avatar State, while it, while it is immensely powerful... While it is Aang at his most fierce and his most deadly. This is also Aang at his most vulnerable. Because if he is killed in the Avatar state, not only does he die, but the Avatar cycle's broken. Avatar will cease to exist. Okay, then. (laughs) So, really, while Avatar State... Avatar State is really... And we kind of knew this before, but now we really know it. It is a last resort. It is a in-case-nothing-else-works type thing. If all else fails, that amount of power is... Phenomenal. It's perfect. That amount of power is needed for the biggest of fights. Like Siege of the North. But. There is also the chance that he could be the last Avatar. Every time he goes into that state. Every time he goes into that Into that state of being. So now. (laughs) Now Avatar State has gone from this. OP massive thing. To this OP massive thing. That also provides an immense amount of tension. Because. there's, There's a way in which Avatar could cease to exist. And it's so frickin' perfect. 
everything about how they explore that, everything about how they provide more depth to the Avatar state, it is so freaking perfect. Also, let's talk about how insane General Fong is. He is out of his freaking mind to think he can control something like this. But at the same time, even though he is insane and literally attacks the Avatar and his friends to get him into the Avatar state and thinks, oh, you only know Aaron Waterbending? You could take on the Fire Lord because you destroyed a bunch of ships that one time. You kind of get why. Because this war has gone on for a hundred years. This war has lasted a century. And so many people have been killed because of it. So many people are continuing to die. You have that one moment, which is so freaking effective, of that's the infirmary. That's a bunch of wounded soldiers. Those are the lucky ones. They came back. Like, you kind of understand the frustration that drove him to that point, and he is a very compelling, I think, antagonist for this episode. Oh, I love all the attempts to bring Aang into the Avatar. Av- bring in Aang. I can't talk. I'm having a stroke. I love all the attempts to bring Aang into the Avatar state. Uh, <laughs> the T, which is a miserable failure. The Sakamomo head, which is a failure. The mud, my personal favorite, which is a failure. It's so stupid. You are wearing ceremonial clothing from all the four nations. Now we bring four elements together as one. Water, earth, air, fire. Now I will literally sling mud at you. And somehow that will bring you into the Avatar state. (laughs) Oh, it's so stupid. I love it. And then it all, of course, culminates in this third act fight, which is so freaking fantastic. And it's also kind of, it's kind of disconcerting because these are the good guys that Aang's fighting right now. These are the good guys that have turned against the Avatar and are trying to, trying to bring the Avatar state on by hurting his friends, by hurting him. It's kind of. Like, it's really unsettling. It honestly is, in addition to being a very, very brilliant, very epic action sequence. And, of course, you have uh, Katara sinking into the floor, which is an incredibly tense moment, an incredibly dark moment that I really, really love. That brings Aang into the Avatar state. And then Fong's like, man, here's this raw, uncontrollable power. Now, if only we could find a way to control it. (laughs) <laughs> and then Sokka it's, it's Sanka. and then Sokka just bonks him on the head <laughs> and it's like anyone got a problem with that? and everyone shakes their head like nope <laughs> it, it's really really great it's a very fantastic little narrative I also would be remiss if I didn't bring up 
Paku's gift to Katara at the very beginning of this episode. This is the episode where Paku gifts Katara this amulet of water from the Spirit Oasis at the North Pole. A water that contains very special properties. Keep that in mind. That will come back later. That thing is important. I will not say how, but I will say it is freaking important. And you will need to keep it in the back of your head. Now, all of this, that's just the A story of this episode. Now we go to the B story. Zuko and Iroh. Versus Azula. We get a full-blown, in-depth introduction to Azula and... I love this character. I love this character. So much. She is such a brutal, unhinged, mind-effing, cunning, just fierce villain. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to say it. She's probably the best, best villain in this show. Azula is the best villain of Avatar. She's an incredible antagonist. Every second she's on screen, she's extraordinary. I love this character so much. Uh, Great Elizely, or Great Elizel, or however you pronounce her goddamn name. Uh, (laughs) She portrays her so, so perfectly. We'll talk about her more and her arc throughout this whole series. I love Azula. That's all you need to know right now. And the fact that this whole plotline of Azula lying and saying, Father wants Zuko and Iroh home. Because, oh, he he suddenly figured out family is important to him. Bullshit. The fact that this all takes place on the three-year anniversary of Zuko's banishment only makes this plotline all the more compelling. And then, of course, you have that first encounter with Azula, which is really, really brilliant and really intense. Very, very well done. Uh, Iroh being suspicious of it all, Zuko yelling at him, then Iroh joining Zuko to go on this fantastic journey back home to the Fire Nation, which is not... uh, Then it is revealed by some idiot that (sighs) that they're prisoners. By the way, this is the same idiot who Azula yelled at earlier in this same episode. About, oh, do the tides control this ship? I should have mentioned that when I was talking about how well this episode establishes the character of Azula. My god! (laughs) The second she just lights into this dude, like... Do the tides control this ship? Or do I control this ship? The tides have already made up their mind about killing you. I still don't know. So maybe... Pull the ship in, asshole. (laughs) I love Azula. I love Azula so much. She is so badass and so terrifying. And I love her. So much. (laughs) But this fight between Zuko, Iroh, and Azula is really, really fantastic. 
it is really brilliantly done. A very beautiful fight scene. Really, really great. Uh, I especially love Azula shooting lightning at Zuko. And then Iroh just grabbing her hand and redirecting it. it it's phenomenal. And also, kind of... I, I keep forgetting awesome Azula moments in this episode. Kind of tying in earlier to Azula practicing her lightning. And those two creepy old ladies being like, Almost perfect. Just the hair out of place. And Azula's like, Almost isn't good enough. Like, that rage. That... That drive. That intense... Intensity. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's the best way to describe her. She's a very intense character, and I love her for that. And then the ending of Azula just bringing up wanted posters everywhere, and Zuko and Iroh cutting off their ponytails. It is a really, really effective moment, and I just adore it. I adore everything about it. It's really, really fantastic. This is a great episode. This is the perfect start to this season. Oh my god, buckle in, because season two, season two is going places. Good god, is it going to go places. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender Season 2, Episode 2. Talk to you then.